Back, started five podcast presented by Bill City Media. I am the one P Shark. I am reporting from the coldest wild wild west ever known to man. I'm at Sky uh, at that underscore Sky Lead on Twitter. <laughs> it may be cold where you at, but we live as a mug at Dylan Brooks Island. Whether you like it or not, everybody's loving it. We just had the Spurs, just had Stephen Clay come through. What's good, everybody? This you got Trevor, aka the three and D guy. It's really cheating. I have no idea what that was about, but I guess any publicity is still good publicity at this point. Is that Tav Shakira? Trev, I ain't going to get you because you just said we, but hey, your guy had a good week, so I'm going to let it by. Hey, really? Good week? You mean a good hey, book? Don't you see this name? <laughs> how must how it get on Dylan Brooks Island? Like, are you charging 20 at the dough? Like, what that looked like? <laughs> they they, they pay you to come. I thought he was out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I thought he was out. He showed like that. Southwest. Bags fly free. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on, man. I'm hey, he great. He, he That's why I'm backing off this episode. I ain't gonna say too much, but I thought we had a mutual understanding. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I hey, think we man. had a mutual understanding that, yeah, that he's a headache, but he's our headache. So <laughs> it's, I don't claim him. <laughs> that ain't my headache. <laughs> well, you should claim him. my headache. Y'all married. Uh-uh. You should probably claim him after Saturday what he did to your boy Steph, but that, that that's neither here or there. Um, <laughs> mm. Three and six. Mm. Can we get that? Set up. Mm. I'm on a three and six. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, real quick, I was about to say, I don't know how many gun references we can use with you know with the drum rest. So we might need some pause on it. <laughs> nah, I was like, bro, bro, really? We don't wrote it. <laughs> hey man, we're past that. We get moving fast forward. Job and rent will be returning this week, but we ain't about to talk about them. We gotta talk about the Grizzlies. They have. They are a little bit a little on the road lately. They've won four of their last five games. But specifically, I want to target a specific player that has replaced John Morant in the starting lineup for the past eight games in Tyus Jones. And just wanted to – I peaked, you know, for about a month or two. We didn't hear much from Tyus Jones when he came off the bench. And just peaking his production, how he is as he started as he is coming off the bench. And looked up some stats. As a starter this season, he's averaged 17.6 points per game, 8-point assists per game, 1.9 steals a game, in 33 and a half minutes a game on 50% shooting and 43% shooting from three. Off the bench, though, he's averaging eight points a game, 3.9 assists a game, a little under what's still a game in 20 minutes a game on 40% shooting and 35% shooting from three. And specifically in, in the last eight games, he's averaging 16 points, eight and a half assists, 1.4 steals in 33 and uh, 0.7 minutes, and 49% shooting and 39% from, from three. So, question I have for y'all is what, why is why is it such a you know I understand minutes wise of course but what what are some other differences y'all see as why Tyus Jones plays much better as a starter versus coming out the bench? I think it's it's hard to ignore the minutes thing, but I think when you know that you're going to be playing a certain amount of minutes, I think that provides a level of comfort that you normally don't get when you're coming off the bench, right? So you know. Most in most cases in most games, you know, he's probably going to get what 15, maybe 20 minutes a game, but that could be altered due to how hot John Morant is. If he gets hurt, you know, if there's a blowout, if it's a close game, whatever the case may be, versus if he's starting, he's essentially, you know, he's going to get those minutes, he's going to get to 35, 36, 37 minutes a night, and so I think that provides a level of comfort. Um, not even just in the game, but like during the game or before the game, really, you just kind of know, you know, I'm going to going to attack the game this way, whether that's I'm going to um, get my, my players going first or whether I'm going to get my points first. Again, that goes back to, again, whether, you know, whether you're starting or whether you're coming off the bench, because when you're coming off the bench, more times than not, it's you going to try to get your minutes or not necessarily your minutes, but your book is you trying to get your field get your, your field up, uh, attempts up. And so with him starting, I think he gets to pick and choose which one he wants to do. And depending on the game of the floor, depending on who he's playing with or playing against, I think that that again, that plays a factor into it. So 
Um, like I said, it's hard to ignore the minutes, but I just think when you know you're going to get X amount of minutes, that allows you to take, attack the game from a multitude of perspectives. So um, I just think I think that's what it is, too. I think he also I'm not sure if he was kind of hurt or something like that, um, you know, earlier in the season, whatever the case may be. I think he, his wife also had a baby recently and not to say that, that was part of the reason why he was struggling. But, you know, sometimes this men, you know, when your wife ain't good. You ain't good. And not necessarily, I don't know, you know, what happened with the baby or did not happen. I'm pretty sure the baby was healthy. But again, when your wife is pregnant, <laughs> you know, you right, you ain't all the way there mentally because you're trying to make sure that her and the baby is okay too. So I think both of those things, you know, now, now that um that she's had the baby now that he's starting, I think um that's what's helped him play much better as of late. And if yeah, uh, I'm gonna pick, keep it. oh go ahead, sorry. I would say to pick it back off that point real quick, Fred Man for leading the playoffs, uh when Toronto won championship. Saying okay, went after the after the child was born, all of a sudden he was like super cold in the finals. Yeah. Uh well, I would echo the sentiments with what Scott said, but instead of the word minutes, I'm gonna replace it with shot attempts. I mean, anytime where you know your star player is gonna be out and you know he's averaging around close to 20, that 20 for Ja is probably an extra four or five for the rest of the uh cast uh that's that's out there so this gives Tyus somewhat of a green light to kind of be aggressive while still playing in his role as being the floor general here for the Grizzlies which is why you see why his scoring is nearly doubled uh when he's starting as opposed to him coming off the bench um but yeah to Skyler's point about everything that may have been bothering him with the season everything that's going on personally with his wife and then of course their new addition to the family um, but yeah, I, I just honestly think it's just more so just more shot attempts to go around for everybody, and um, everybody's happy when they get a chance to shoot the ball more clearly. So, um, yeah, I, I would just attest Tyus's recent play with him being in the starting lineup, but just him being able having the green light to not only still be the floor general we asked him to be when he's coming off the bench. But he has the capability to look for his shot as well, without so much as a uh, as a hold up or a, a you know like a pause or anything like that. Yeah, um, I might get shot down by Grizzly's Twitter uh, for my next set of comments. So Grizzly Twitter is going to turn me off, please and thank you. Um, Tyus Jones is doing what needs to be done as a starter, um, and people are going to again not like me for this, but. He's putting up his stock. And um, when the offseason comes around, I mean, we didn't do much. But we got Luke 316 during the trade time. And, I mean, who wouldn't like a player like Tyus Jones, who's had one of the better averages, not in terms of points per game, but just uh, to Trevor's point, just being efficient as not only just a ball handling, but a facilitator as well. And we can probably get that closer that, Tuka's been talking about for so long that we need uh, because we don't have really too many other tradable pieces. Um, but as of right now, what Tyus is doing is doing what needs to be done for us to, first of all, be in contention to be a, a top three seed in the West, which is phenomenal and much needed because I don't think a lot of people gave us, you know, the ability to do it. Even though we had a lead um, over the Kings and over the Clippers, um, still so I don't, you know, we just kind of look like we're about to limp into the playoffs. And I don't think we're limping as much with Tyus and Dylan. Um, but then I look at the end of the season, and once we get there, um, championship or not, how do we get better next season besides saying, oh, Ja can play so many games, Triple J is going to start the season. Okay, I get that, all that stuff. We got Luke starting, whatever. It don't matter. But if we can possibly trade Tyus and somebody else for a closer that Tuka's discussed or someone else, and then start developing Kenny Chandler some more because we talk about development all the time, Grizzlies Twitter. So, I mean, when are you going to start developing him um, and getting this 14 million kind of plus off the books and getting someone that can come in here and say, hey, listen, I'm out to score with Ja. Ja, I'm good. I got this at the last two minutes of the game. I got us. And I think that is the angle I'm going to take for Ty Jones. I'm not discrediting what he's doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. But if it's one thing for me that everybody knows, Trade him while the value is hot because we didn't trade Dylan Brooks. All right, question. Answer. Uh, two, okay, so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly with the whole incident with Kennedy Chandler. So until 
I guess let's just say it takes a minute on Kennedy Chandler. What are your backup point guard options for the Grizzlies right now? So you're just gonna shift Desmond Bain over and just have him try to run the offense? I mean, he's proven, a bad idea. Yeah, I, I mean, he's proven it uh, not even with Ja out, but even during the summer league, he was able to run uh, the offense through him. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, give him a chance. I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it comes with getting a closer, then yeah, I'm going. Okay. Yeah, I'm going. Right. I don't think you, you you're probably with half a Greer's Twitter there. I, I wouldn't necessarily say all of Greer's Twitter. I think half a Greer's Twitter is kind of on your boat. So you, you don't have to, uh, they don't have to shut you off. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. I'll take the coin flip right there. I'll take all right. It. <laughs> so Taj Jones is an NBA starter for probably more than half of the NBA teams. Then, we, you know, definitely debatable. Um, and I think that to your point, Sheedy, of trading him while he's hot. I think his hot season, you know, questionably could have been last season. And he could have went to a team, per you say, that can help a championship team or whatever. But he decided to stay with us. He decided to stay with us knowing that he's going to be backing up for Ja. And when Ja go go out, it's going to be my show. And I think he's comfortable in doing that and and filling that role that, you know, he could come in and do whatever is needed to win. Um, Ty Jones, like I said, is an NBA starting. He's putting up great numbers. Um, but it's just a consistency matter that I have to say, you know, going forward. And what I think that can help the Grizzlies is that when Ja Morant does come back, I like your question of who's coming after. Because I would love to see Tice and Ja Morant close the game out together. That's what the, the, you got the lineup of them two, Bain, Dylan, and, and Jaron Jackson at the five. That can close some games out. If, if Taylor Jenkins can find a way to have those two at the end a lot more than they're not, I think that we can be a lot better going forward because we see what ties is. Let him shine. But at the same time, when Ja comes back, it's kind of like taking a playbook out of uh, the Cavaliers lineup when you got um, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Although this is their first year playing together, they're playing great together. They feed off each other. If you got a hot night, boom, I'm going to keep feeding you. If don't, we're going to get everybody else involved, but we're going to win this game. I think going forward, we need to see more Ja and Ty's lineups than we don't because they, they, they they're efficient together. So no endorsement for Luke Kennard, who's been shooting the skin off the ball. Yeah. No, 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 no. You have him off the bench, though. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that's no, what I'm saying. No, I, I, I get it, game, but I'm though, saying like the close of game. game. You saying the close of game? You talking about having Tyus and Ja out there with Bane, Dylan, and Jaren? Here's the thing, Trevor. Because you got we we go by the commandment of if somebody shows you who they are, you got to believe them. At the end of the game, it's not going to be fine. Luke Kennard. It's going to be Ja get to the paint. And I'm saying if we can kind of stop that. Let me ask you this. So if you're J- okay, so let me ask you this. If it's jog gets to the paint and everyone collapses, who do you feel more comfortable kicking it out to, Luke Kennard or Tyus Jones? I feel more comfortable with, with, with doing Luke Kennard, but at the same time, I would love for that play to be, be a thing. But I'm saying is I would rather Tyus set up Luke Kennard or Desmond Bain or somebody rather than we know that Jai's going to get to the paint. Is he gonna actually pass it out? It's yet to be determined, to be honest. That with you. well, that's that's the question that's posed for Taylor Jenkins and Ja. Like to be that's honest with you, I would much rather have Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard spacing the floor. So if you collapse on Ja when he's getting to the paint, bam, you have two capable shooters there. And that's not discount Jaren, who may mm-hmm. uh, somehow be in the corner who could knock down the corner three as well. So but basically, I, mean, I, I like your idea because Ja and passed it, dribbling passed out. Yeah, I, I like your idea because Ja and Tyus can play well together. I just don't like mm-hmm. the idea of them to close in the game. Like I, I, I need as much shooting on the floor as possible, closing the game. Unfortunately, with Dylan, he's your best defender. You got to have him out there for defense. Unfortunately, so, um, I mean, I, I said unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, hey, that's the grind, son. I, I'm gonna call it like I see it. So, but. Uh, you, you ain't no, it's no such thing as too much shooting nowadays in the NBA. So, um, that was just my thing. I, I think my whole gripe was them closing the game. I have no problem with them. Oh, this is my gripe for the last, game. what, all year. <laughs> Join the party, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wish closing. I will credit Taylor Jenkins. I did see improvements in the Spurs game. So, just keep the improvements coming, uh, please. And to, back to Tuke's point. My thought was kind of the same last year, and not not so much closing, but more giant tight minutes. So our good friend of the show, Anthony Sane, couldn't stand those minutes in the past, and he got mad at Taylor Jenkins for always playing giant tights together. 
but it was it was pretty effective. And this season specifically, I haven't seen those minutes, right? And I think that goes to Dyer's bench production kind of being low because him and Jai played together, and not like a super lot, but a good, you know, solid five five to ten minutes a game, and they were pretty effective in the past. But this season has been less of that. And considering Grizzlies don't have a good they have a good bench overall, you would think that he would play play them more together. And another thing is when you start and you're playing with the starters. He started, he's playing with Jesse Bain, he's playing with Jaron Jackson. He's come out the bench, he was playing with John Conchar. Right. So, you know, at one point, it, it's a huge difference. So, you started uh, playing with off the bench. So, I think uh, also just like and another thing, Luke Canaris' addition has helped me as well. So, when he does come back to the bench, you got to shoot, you got a bona fide shooter now over there that you can dish it to. But I do need Tyus, I do see a little correlation. When he starts, he's way more aggressive. When you come off the bench, he's a little more. Getting team involved and still trying to find his own shot. And I think that's where, and like you said, it might come with actually knowing your minutes. Like, okay, I'm going to play 20 some minutes. Maybe I'm not, you know, trying to be as aggressive. I know I'm playing 30. I'm going to be aggressive. So, kind of everybody's points coming back to one. I think all everything we, everything everyone just said kind of goes into everything that we think was going on with Tyus and his start versus bench production. Yeah. And maybe it's one of those things where, like, you don't necessarily, of course, you won't be able to start Tyus when, when John gets back, but maybe it's one of those, again, if you're Taylor Jenkins and the coaching staff, it's how do we find more ways to get Tyus Jones more shot attempts and more minutes as well, too, just, again, to see what their production looks like. Yep, exactly. And Sheedy, we're going to talk about that in the offseason because uh, that was my thoughts in my head on the starting stretch as well. It's got head capitalizing their trades there, yo, this summer, but we'll uh, get to that this offseason. All right, man, move forward to the next segment. New segment alert. Uh, as y'all know, I'm the Memphis, Memphis Hustle reporter for Blood City Media. Have been for about going on two weeks now. So, decided to start a new segment called Hustle Up, where I basically give an update about what's going on with Memphis Hustle. And if the guys have any questions for me, I answer them. Um, it's like I said, most people, I didn't watch the G League at all before I got to the position. So, I, I, everything I'm doing, I'm learning on the job. Uh, been pretty interesting so far, but. Just updating with the hustle. They are currently 21 and 7 and second place in the Western Conference with four games remaining. And they just clinched the playoff spot after last night's win. When they happened to send Zaire Williams assigned to the hustle, and he dropped about almost 30 points last night. So I think they that was very very strategic by them. <laughs> Since their best player had been out and Ken Kenny Lofton, who had played well against the Spurs with the Grizzlies the other night. So hey, shout out to the hustle for that. They said four games remaining, all of them on the road. And the way the G League playoffs work is it's six teams that make it, the top two seeds get a bye. So pretty much the hustle with them being second place, they were probably, they were probably, as long as they remain second, they're only half a game behind first place, by the way, as well. Behind the Stockton Kings, Sacramento Kings G League, if you leave, who the Memphis Grizzlies and Sacramento Kings are at <laughs> the second place in the NBA. So it's, uh, you know, the irony there that they're battling with the G League affiliates at them. But they'll get a bye, they'll get another home game. If they finish in top four, they'll get a home game, period. So they'll get home game in the first round if they finish three or four. So, man, uh, Hustle, they're, they're well on their way. Uh, they clinched it, like I said, they clinched it yesterday after beating the Rio Grande Vipers, who are the G League affiliates of the Houston Rockets. Now, getting to the fun stuff. There's some players I've seen play in these G League games since I've been paying attention. Yeah, I'm about to, we're about to have a little bit of fun. I'll start with a little easy ones. Memphis Hustle players. Sean McDermott, remember him, former Grizzly. Our first year on starting this podcast was on the Grizzly. He was two way contract with the Grizzlies and Hustle. Now he's full time with the Hustle. How time has passed because Jesus Christ, how long it's been so long ago. <laughs> Man, hey, he was coming. I'm already intrigued. Let's go. <laughs> oh, it gets better than this. Um, but next up, so Matthew Hurt. I don't know if y'all remember him much, but you know, he played at Duke, he was a former recruit. Penny mm-hmm. recruited him. Yeah, he chose. They chose. We got pressures to chew instead of him. He went to Duke. He's on the Memphis hustle. And my very first guy covering him, he scored thirty points. So he's been doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. All right, let's get really fun. Jeremy Pargo. <laughs> he's on the hustle. No, he's not. Wait, how old is he? He's on the hustle. He's in G League. He's in G League with the Is he got a polo? No, he's playing. Starting. So he's not on. The, he's on the hustle. He's on the hustle no, roster. No. Oh, he's not. He's on okay. the windy I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get, I didn't He played against the. Yeah. He played okay. against the hustle last week. It was the Windy City right, Bulls, right. the Chicago Bulls G League team. 
which is a very, you know, very creative name. When How you see old is he? <laughs> 37 years old. Because he out there. You said 37? <laughs> yes, sir. No polo on, just out here starting. Damn. At least you need to get it, brother. Go for it. Because of the AARP section of the G League. Talking about Aflac. Yeah, he's a former Grizzly, 2011-2012 team. All right. Little younger players. Jonte Porter, brother of Michael Porter Jr., former Grizzly. Couple years ago, they played against. Yep. Uh, he plays for the Wisconsin Herd, who played against the Memphis Hustle last week as well. And okay. The, okay. the last name, and I went to this game Friday. He plays for the Rio Grande uh, Vipers. He was just with the Grizzlies last year. He dropped twenty four points on us. Jared Culver. Dang, I forgot about Jared Culver. <laughs> it was a trade piece. Boss was excited about that. Wasn't he a lottery pick? Just wasn't he a lottery pick just three years ago? Ooh, yes, he was. Test tick. Bird played his butt off to get to the national championship to lose to Virginia, and then didn't develop a jump shot, and now all of a sudden he's out of the league. That's oof. Is there is there such thing as a professional G League player? Oh, that's plenty of those. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's plenty of those. I, I didn't want to make sure I was just calling and just naming stuff off the top, you know, side of my neck. Yeah, just about. But, yeah, those are the names I had. Yeah, that's my um, Memphis Hustle Hustle Up segment, Memphis Hustle Update. So, I guess do y'all have any questions for me about anything? That I, 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 have a, I have a question real quick, but if anyone else has one before me, they can go ahead. I have a question. I would be interested to know. Because just as you dropped some names for the players, I would be interested to know who are some coaches that are coaching in the G League. Mm-hmm. They're like, hmm, we're never not, you know, wouldn't expect him to be one coaching, two be coaching in the G League. So I would be interested in that one, whenever you get a chance. Yeah, I have to look at some more research on that one. I know just Mr. Memphis Hustle coach, his name is uh, Jason March. Uh, I haven't really seen no coaches that's like, you know, it seems that they played at least. I haven't seen nobody just like, oh, I remember him, but right. I do some research. I probably figure. I probably find some. All right. So my thing, I, I'm just gonna bring it back to the hustle and the Grizzlies. Um, similar to Sheedy's whole thing with Tyus, I know Grizz Twitter is split down the middle uh, when it comes to Zaire as well. Um, so essentially, are the hustle essentially just giving him the green light? To basically showcase his skills because I I just want to know is like is there anything that Zaire is doing in the G League that could possibly translate to him doing what he is there any way that Zaire can take what he's doing in the G League and bring it to the Grizzlies pretty much or is it just now, the hustle that, just giving him the ultimate green light? Now damn I'm not sure I know the game last night he led them and scored twenty eight but before that since I started covering them he hadn't been with them. I think the okay. Grizzlies were on a road trip, so everybody's with the Grizzlies because of the whole job ran, Brandon Clark out, you know, Steve Man. They, they were yeah. they, all the players they could bring, they probably so <laughs> I haven't really seen him in the first night he played was last night. I didn't get a chance to make that game and I was watching Grizzlies go to state over it and why it happened like on the side TV. So um going forward, I will really do want to try and pay t- if he still plays with the hustle, of course. Yeah. Uh, they, I know they're about to go on a road trip this week, four games in five days uh to end the Ooh. season for him. So I'm not sure if Zaire is going to travel with them or is he going to stay with Grizzlies okay. in their home stand here. So uh we'll I probably have more answer on them that one next week. Okay, because I'm pretty I'm I'm obviously Memphis sees something in him, and of course I've been on the trade Zaire bandwagon, but something Something has to be there, uh, and I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out because I I know he can contribute to the Grizzlies in some shape or form. But I just want to know what's the what was the difference, and if he if that's something that he can take from the G League and bring it back up to the Grizzlies when he eventually does have a spot. Just, we, let's just keep it real; he's gonna have a spot on the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my question would be like, can you, in as much detail as you can, explain the two way contract? Because I know they're like for those players in the G League, like they're only allowed to play X amount of games with the with the NBA team. Um, but then they can only play at maybe X amount of games with the G League affiliate. You just talked about how like most of the most of the time when a, when a team goes on a road trip like that, how they're probably bringing most of those players from the G League team. So 
in as much detail as you can explain the whole two-way contract thing. So I know for a fact the players can play in 50, 45 or 50 of the Grizzlies games. They're pretty much somewhat full-time hustle players. Uh, they can play, I mean, almost all the games for the hustle, but they are, they are limited to a certain amount of games they play for the Grizzlies. And with the G League, I need to do a little bit more research on this. The G League season ends, their playoffs end pretty much in the NBA playoffs start. I think at that point, the two-way players are at are on the Grizzlies rosters. I don't know if they're active, though, in the playoffs. So that's why I'm that's why I'm doing more research on it. But I know they can be played 45 to 50 of the 82 games. And they, I mean, it's free reign with the hustle. And I know, like, Kenny Lofton was like, he's their best player down there with the hustle. He's averaging like 24 points a game or something. You know, he made the next up game for the G League All Star team. I, I was going to say something what, to Trevor's point um, and to add on to what he's saying about Zaire. And to me, I think Zaire, like, first of all, I think the G League is like a JV to a varsity, right? So to speak. And, um, and I have a play. I had a player in JV, like he was a stud, right? Uh, as a JV player, could put up, you know, 15 to 20 points a game. You got to talk about JV, not talking about to me, meant a game, right? Um, but then when I tried to put him at varsity, it was kind of like he shrunk. And what it was is that I don't, he's not used to playing with that talent, even though like Zaire is should be kind of used to playing with this talent, but I don't think he's used to this new job, so to speak. Um, and how Desmond Bain is playing. And I think if he can find himself within the offense that Taylor Jenkins has drawn up, we should see him more often than not. Um, this man did just start, what, about 20-plus games for us last season um, and is with us whether we need a Memphis also win um, or Grizzlies win. And I would love to see where they can really put this, I think, to measure them by about seven foot as a monster, so to speak. Um, and so where does – a guy with that type of skill set land for us for Memphis. And I think he, that young man is still trying to find himself in the offense as well. Um, to your point, I think the hustle gives him the green light. Yeah, go, go score, mm -hmm. go, go do whatever you want to do. And so, but then when you come to play varsity, right. When you come up here with the big boys, it's like, we well, can't just go up there and do what you want to do now. Um, and try and find the constraints of the offense that way. Yep. And you're playing against higher level competition, of course, you know, so we, yeah, totally different. Like we were talking about Tyus, exactly what you just said. Yeah, and I was about to say to add on to that point too, like it's speed of the game. Patrick talked about that. Can't remember if it was a second or third season, but he kind of, he talked about um, how things kind of slow down. The more the, the more differences you see, the more different types of schemes that you see. And so when you start to familiarize yourself with you know who's going to be where and trying to dictate the game, things kind of slow it down. And so maybe he is just not maybe playing in the NBA, like the league itself has not slowed down enough for him as probably much as it is in the G League. I, I'll just I'll attribute that to the injury. I, I think he was at a point mm -hmm. where he was probably getting used to NBA basketball and everything slowing down. And as he was getting to that point where he could probably do something, then bam, the injury happened. And then he kind of hasn't recovered since then because – we can attest to the game slowing down and the benefiting somebody look no further than David Roddy, which I've said on ad nauseum uh, mm -hmm. that that man needs minutes. And once the game slows down for him, he's going to be able to do whatever he needs to do. Yeah. Also, right before I know two cats, uh, something you want to say two way contracts. I just got the answer Scala. They are ineligible for the playoffs. So they can't like play for the Grizz in the playoffs. So Keaton Lofton won't be able to play once the Grizz make the playoffs. Cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, Scott, you asked a question about like notable coaches that are in the G League, and I actually just looked up a couple of them. Uh, so you got Jason Hart, who was drafted by the Bucks in uh, 2000. Uh, you mm -hmm. got Kobe Carl, um, who's the coach of the Delaware Blue Coats. Of course, we all know mm -hmm. this George Carlson. George Carlson, yeah. But last but not least, honestly, one of my favorite point guards growing up, Andre Miller. Want the most athletic, but he gonna have ten assists in a snap. Yeah, he. I I had the privilege. I had the privilege of meeting Andre Miller, man, one day. Cool dude, cool dude. I, I definitely Jealous. definitely could talk it up. That's a, that's a cool dude, and man. definitely was a bucket. Wasn't the most athletic, but he was a definite bucket. Dang. That's what's up, Trevor. Because like yeah. I remember meeting one of my favorite point guards growing up, and he put up like sixty points Dang. on me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he can hey, he hey, he, he can play some more guys passionate though. So he, he's coaching Georgia Tech now. 
Oh, man. You remember he was Josh Pastor's assistant coach at that time, too, when he dropped the buckets on me and Tube's intramural team. But, you know, that's a story for another day. <laughs> Love you, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> oh, man. That does what hustle segment. Like I said, it might not be an every week segment. I might do it again next week since the season ends. But, like, as you know, it's more I'm covering the team and learning more about G League. I'll definitely be breaking some content for y'all. Of course, I do my rights. Uh, Get a report card last week or a hustle report. So every week we'll be looking out for those about every midweek, Wednesday, Thursday-ish. So for our last segment, last week we did an NBA bracketology. Skyler missed the episode. So Skyler is basically going to judge our brackets. So each of the guys, we all had a bracket. And we all going to pick our winners up to the final four. So we did Talking about falling up in the situation. <laughs> he didn't have his own bracket, but, Jay, he gets a judge out. That's called falling up. Yeah, man. That's what happened. I ain't doing NCAA bracket either. So if y'all want to pass me them just too, I can judge. Hey, I, I didn't do one either, so it's cool. <laughs> I was, I'm just enjoying the game. Oh, man. But I guess I'll start off with my bracket. Of course, um, I had, I think all of us had Milwaukee Bucks as the number one overall seed. Had Philly, so Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, and Denver all one seeds. They had each of their own side of brackets. On in Milwaukee side, Milwaukee played against New Orleans, the number four seed on their side. And Phoenix, Suns were the two seed and played against the three seed, LA Clippers. I had Milwaukee beating New Orleans and Phoenix beating LA Clippers. Milwaukee and Phoenix. Tough, tough. Tough matchup in the, in the quarterfinals, basically. I rode Milwaukee. Reason why I need to see Phoenix. I think chemistry matters and players need to play together. And Kevin Durant, Kevin Booker, they're a seamless fit, but you still need some more time to play together before I pick you to beat a team that's been well established for like the last three or four years in Milwaukee. That's why I'm going to pick Milwaukee just slightly. And Milwaukee is also at home as the one seed, so they have the home court advantage. So I pick Milwaukee to win that one. And that's all that, therefore, they make my final four. Next bracket, Philly and Miami. Miami is the four seed. Sacramento Kings and New York Knicks, two and three. Sacramento was two, New York was three. Philly beat Miami. Miami's gone ahead, do what they got to do in the season, trade my boy Jimmy somewhere. Uh, if they can, with his uh, fifty million dollar contract just coming up, <laughs> let's see what happens. Uh, but I got Philly. I think they're going. They they find the money when they're way at home. And Sacramento, New York. That's a heck of a matchup between two up and coming hot teams right now. Because Sacramento is at home, although New York has a better road record than home record, I've seen Sacramento play at home. I got Sacramento pulling that one off. Sacramento at Philly, though. Joy Embiid is healthy. He's probably about to be MVP. I still don't trust James Harden. And to a certain extent, I don't trust DeAnthony Milton because he don't show the postseason either. But Joy Embiid is going to find a way to get past Sacramento to get to the Final Four to play against Milwaukee. And like I said, we're going to choose for, uh, Final Four picks next week. So Milwaukee versus Philly in the Final Four on my left side of my bracket. Right side, Boston, L.A. First round. <laughs> Boston won L.A. four seed. Lord, I'm choosing Boston. LA still kind of slipping up. I know LeBron's supposed to be coming back. Is he really coming back? <laughs> there remains to be seen. So I'm going to choose Boston. Although Boston is slipping up lately. That wouldn't shock me if the Lakers would have found the way to win up. But I got Boston, especially at home. Memphis, two seed against Dallas, three seed. I'm going to choose Memphis. I, I came so close to choosing Luka, but I just don't know his status. Uh, him and Kyrie, I, I see Kyrie finally did come back from his foot injury, but it seems unknown. I know Jopin Rand is coming back, and the Grizzlies are finally starting to play up to the level that we thought they could play it, and I, find, I think they found a way to get that. So that means they play Boston. Let's go. One question. This is under the assumption that these are one-and-done type games and not like uh, yeah. five or seven. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And which is which is why right. again Luca and one and done game was very <laughs> intriguing. Him and Kyrie. <laughs> I found a way to pick Memphis, but they're going home at yeah, Boston. Uh Jabba Rand did say he wasn't worried about nobody except Boston. Yep. Exactly why. Boston is gonna take him out. <laughs> Boston makes the final four. So that means I got three East Conference teams in the final four. Last half of the bracket, Denver Nuggets one seed versus the four seed Minnesota Timberwolves. That's easy. And they just got hurt. It's over with. Uh, Denver. <laughs> hey, hey, easy work. Cleveland 2C versus 
three seed Golden State. Golden State lost 11 straight on the road. But they're going to find a way to beat Cleveland in a one-and-done scenario. <laughs> so give you Golden State. But that's when they look, that's when it runs out for them. Their road rolls. They're not winning two games on the road. Although they, they present a good matchup for Denver. Jokic got a lot of pressure on him. He's going to figure it out. He got Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back with him this year. So I got Denver making the final four. Therefore, all my number one seeds made the final four. So, Skyler, what's your time? What's your thing on my bracket? Um, Not too much on your bracket. I think listening to it and not actually just like kind of looking at it on paper, it sounds about right. I think what I would be – I don't know. This is kind of like – I'm just thinking out loud. But maybe the image – Maybe the NBA should potentially like look at something like this, but not and not necessarily under a one and done scenario. But maybe best of three games. So I think part of my issue with the NBA playoffs is I just feel like it's a little long. Um, especially like I just feel like some of these series in the first round. I just feel like maybe the the first round series should be like best of three, maybe best of five. Not necessarily best. Yeah, of it used seven. to be five. Yeah, yeah. You, I about to say it used to be it best used of to five. Be mm-hmm. And I think get them out the way. Yep, I think the NBA should at least think about that. And I know they probably won't because at the end of the day, they care about the bottom dollar and they care about as much money as they can get. So I, I, I get it. Um, but nothing really sticks out to me, Shark. I think it was a really good one. Um, that Milwaukee and Phoenix matchup would intrigue me, but I think you pick Milwaukee for almost the exact reason that I would pick Milwaukee. I think one, Milwaukee has played good without Giannis um over the past you know few weeks and few months um but I'm just as much as Phoenix looks good on paper my barber is a huge Phoenix Suns fan and I and my thing to him was I just don't trust Devin Booker and Katie to be healthy at the same time and that's not to say like Devin Booker is typically injury prone and he's always hurt but he has been hurt for majority of this season um, and I just kind of just realized that not necessarily realized, but I've just kind of noticed that like when a player is out in and out of the lineup or in and out of the, you know, the, the, the season, they typically don't make it to the end of the season in terms of being healthy on the roster. So that's my thing with Phoenix is I just don't trust Devin Booker and KD to be healthy, you know, throughout the rest of the playoffs. So that's, that's my only thing. I think everything else sound sounds about right. I will give you that. The, the, that Cleveland and Golden State one worries me because, Lord Jesus, Golden State is a yep. totally different <laughs> They are a totally different team home and on the road. So that's that's it. It sounded good to me. All right. All right. I guess I'm next up. So I'll go ahead and uh, just go ahead and start. I'll just give me a second to pull up this bracket. All right, so my first matchup, of course, like all of us, we had Milwaukee as the number one overall seed. I had them matched up with New Orleans. Uh, Thank you so much, New Orleans, for coming out. You've been great, but uh, have a nice time. Um, Milwaukee is definitely taking that first matchup. Uh, I got the Battle of NY. I got New York and Brooklyn uh, matching up in the next one, and I'm actually this is where my first upset happens. I actually have the Brooklyn Nets knocking off the new york knicks uh i think brooklyn just has a lot more people that are battle tested in the playoffs i know they have the whole thing with ben simmons looming over the head and things of that nature but they're well coached they got some people who are battle tested in the playoffs and one game in new york between brooklyn and new york i just give me the nets um for one game there um and my my streak of upsets continue, uh, as we all know that Doc Rivers does uh, lead everyone with the most blown three one leads. So if I'm asking for someone to win one game, and Doc Rivers has shown when he has the lead and he can't win one game, give me the Miami Heat as much as as well as Philly has played this season. As much as if people know me, Joel Embiid, in my opinion, is the best big man in the league, better than Jokic. Yes, I've said it, and I will continue to say it. But one game, I don't trust James Harden. I don't trust Doc Rivers. In one game, give me the Miami Heat to knock off the Philadelphia 76ers in that matchup, more so than the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, assuming everyone is healthy for Phoenix with KD and their and crew in the uh, – and the lineup, I just think that that's just going to be just a tad bit too much for the Sacramento Kings. 
I think the fairy tale comes to the end there. On the other side, um, Boston sticks it to Kyrie one more time. I, it, it's not even a, a question. So the Celtics take it there. Uh, Memphis and the Warriors, this game is in FedEx form, and that is the only reason I'm picking the Grizzlies because that game is in the FedEx form. Um, Denver and the Lakers, and I'm assuming that LeBron is healthy and this team is playing the way that it's been playing prior to this recent losing streak. I got them knocking off the Nuggets. I, I mean, as, as well as Jokic has played this season and probably could be MVP again this season, they have had a rough patch this month in the month of March, and the Lakers have been looking good. And I think with everyone healthy, one game with LeBron James out there, Anthony Davis and crew, they can steal one from the Nuggets. And two teams that actually – Gave me the most trouble to choose with the Cavs and the Clippers. The Cavs play their best when they slow you, when they slow you down, and I think that plays exactly into the hands of the Los Angeles Clippers because with Kawhi and Paul George being able to create something out of nothing in a half court setting, I think it's going to be a little bit too much for the Cavs. So give me the Clippers here to knock off uh, Cleveland in that matchup. Uh, see, going to the next round, I have Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Again, Milwaukee is just a little bit too much for Brooklyn. So, Brooklyn, thanks for coming. Thanks for making everything exciting. But we got Milwaukee heading to the final four. Uh, Phoenix and Miami, similar situation. I just think Phoenix just has too much on the, on the roster for Miami to handle. So, I got Phoenix in the final four as well. Um, Ja did say the only team that he's worried about is Boston. I'm going with an upset here. I, I think Memphis knocks off Boston in Boston because that last game in the Garden had everything gone. If I have a couple of few possessions gone the Grizzlies' way, we could be talking about Memphis breaking that long little stride that they had at that point in time. So, um, and they did a good job of shutting down Jason Tatum um, and things of that nature. So, give me Memphis to knock off the Celtics here, and then in the Battle of LA. While the Lakers do look better, I, I feel that the Clippers eventually gets gets the uh, over um, here for the Lakers. Russell Westbrook avenges, gets his revenge against the Lakers and, and sticks it to him there. Uh, so I have my final four of Milwaukee, Phoenix, Memphis, and the Clippers. Um, and then my quote-unquote national championship would actually be the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, ah, oh. you're gonna do that next week. <laughs> Coming next week. Well, you know one of the teams. I'll put it like you might change your mind. Information. I might change my mind, but yeah. <laughs> well, we know four of the teams. We just don't know who you know four. You said half of them. You know four. We know four. Okay. Um, so the two biggest call outs for me, there are a couple, but I think the two biggest ones for me was I think you had Brooklyn upsetting the Knicks. And I would push back on your point about, I, I think I would agree with you and say that Brooklyn is probably more battle-tested. But where I see an improvement with the Knicks is, one, the addition of Jalen Brunson to the improvement play of Emmanuel Quickly. I think that um would be enough in my opinion to push um the knicks over the brooklyn nets um and i think with those two it, it allows space and room for julius randall to essentially play one of the better seasons that he's had this season so far so um i would probably disagree with you on that one and then again just it's it's hard to ignore that this is a one and done scenario but i think at one point you had the clippers over the lakers and where I would say that's important, the one and done scenario is important is because, again, hypothetically speaking, if I have a full healthy Lakers roster, currently speaking, with full healthy Clippers roster, I think Lakers are better because they are probably, from what I've seen lately, the Lakers are just about and maybe even better defensively than the Clippers are. That's what I've seen lately. I just I've seen too many scenarios in games lately where the Clippers cannot defend at all, and I'm not even sure like what's the what's the reasoning behind it. But I would I would probably choose the Lakers in that particular game over the Clippers because of defense. I, I'm I'm with you there because uh, I mean this 
this was tough for me. It was a toss up. And uh, I just looked at it from a standpoint with that Clippers Lakers matchup. Who's going to make more baskets uh, towards the end of the game? And I honestly leaned a little bit more towards the Clippers in that category. Because to your point about the Lakers and them defensively, I agree 100%. They're much more better than than the Clippers have looked as of late. I I definitely give you that. But I I just looked at it as who's going to make one that last timely shot to put their team over the hump. And to be honest with you, I trust the Clippers just a little bit more in that scenario than I do the Lakers. That's fair. All right, cool. If everyone wants to go to the group me um, to find um, the bracket that Cap has made for us and for me, um, God bless him for that one. Uh, starting with Milwaukee, we'll call this the Midwest region. Uh, Milwaukee playing Minnesota. I should need to continue that one. Um, we know who's going to win there. Um, Clippers and Dallas. That one was um, a little tough, but I said Clippers. And I'm going to just stay right there, so we're going to finish this one out. Um, so Milwaukee Clippers were still at Pfizer for that one. I got Milwaukee uh, winning that one. Um I just to the point we just talked about defense. Who's stopping Giannis uh, from the Clippers in a one-game scenario? Again, this is a one game. I'll drop down the bracket. Uh, we'll go to Philadelphia. I call this the East bracket. Uh, you got Philly versus the Lakers. Um, sign me up for LeBron AD um, to win that game. Actually, um, in a one-game scenario, um, they're better defensively. This is postseason. Um, I don't remember Arizona State doing well with James Harden. Um, I don't remember Joel Embiid winning anything with uh, Cancun, Maroon, wherever he's from, college. So, um, actually, it was Kansas. I'm just playing. Yeah, I thought it was um, Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> um, but did they just get excused? From the, from there? Right. Yeah, they, they were dismissed from the tournament. My, they my were? Okay. <laughs> what a correlation there. They won um, more than this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said they won more Nets championships than Ohio State. Oh, plenty. Ooh. Okay, okay. Never All right. Hurts keep, me. Keep, keep, All right. Let's, let's keep it moving. Never hurts me. I thought he was going to say that. I got the Lakers winning that one. And then Cleveland-Memphis, I'm actually going to go with the Cavs on that game. I think the Cavs uh, beat Memphis in a one-game scenario. Is it Dylan Brooks shooting them out at the gym? Who knows? Um, but I'm definitely don't see him punches anyone in the nuts for that game. Um, and so moving on Lakers, LeBron is returning to Cleveland, right. Um, in that game. And so I got Lakers winning that game because he's going back to Cleveland. Um, and so, yes, that's a, a lot of upsets on that, uh, region. That's my East region. Let's move over to the top of the bracket where Boston is number one. We got him at the far East. Uh, Boston playing New Orleans, my God. I don't even know if New Orleans is still playing basketball anymore. They might need to sign up for the Saints. So I got Boston winning that game. Phoenix in New York. Um, it's at Phoenix. <clears throat> the thing is matchups. And in this matchup, KD and Devin Booker will outshine Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. And in that one, I have Phoenix winning. But I swear to God, if if New York had some type of big man, DeAndre Ayton is trash to me. But I'll continue. Um, so I got Boston and Phoenix lined up in the Far East region. That come out the Far East, man. Um, I'm not talking China. I'm talking KD coming out of there. Um, and so Phoenix wins that one. And then we go to the bottom. Denver, Golden State, Sacramento, and Brooklyn. Um, Golden State wins that game against Denver. There is something to be said about the defense that Draymond plays against Joker. Um, if you haven't seen it, go back and rewind the tapes against it. That is the telltale sign right there. Whether he wins the MVP or not, Draymond's got his number defensively in the playoffs. Um, and so time mail for Golden State, Sacramento and Brooklyn. Y'all know where I've been at. Find me in Sacktown, baby. Light the beam on them. All right. Um, Brooklyn not making it out of New York. Uh, they um, Well, they came to California. They'll pack their bags and go back. Um, so that leaves us with Golden State versus Sacramento. And this game will be in Sacramento. 
this game will be won by Sacramento, and we're gonna light the beam there as well. Um, and that is Big Mike winning that. I was say, shout out to Mike Brown, <laughs> former Golden State Warriors. Shout out to Mike Brown, <laughs> and that's oh. why. That's why. And don't don't let it happen in real life. But those are my four. So again, Sacramento, Phoenix, Lakers, Milwaukee, uh, for my final four. Man, you got the Lakers all the way up, man. That's what's up, man. I'm proud of you. Nah, matchups definitely matter. We're gonna start at the top right. Uh, hold on, too. Scott got to give his opinion, man. Oh, no, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, you don't want to know my opinion, do it. Um, nah, most you weren't here, you was absent. Why are we caring about this dude who was absent? Bro? Jeez, that's tough. Why we gotta retake the test? So, why would say to him, like, watch him take the test? It's okay. It's okay. Karma ain't nobody nice, too. Karma ain't nobody nice. Um, because you have the Lakers going so far, that first-round matchup with Philly concerns me because Anthony Davis is really good defensively, except for one person that I continuously see him get. Well, two people, really. It's Giannis and it's Embiid. Great. Granted, I know I don't trust James Harden. I don't trust Doc Rivers, but I think, and I don't, again, it's a it's a it's a one and done scenario. I just don't know if the Lakers will pull that one now. I just don't because I, I I've seen the Lakers go too many times in Philly over the past. How long has LeBron, LeBron been there? Three years, four years, and they just don't do it. It's it's I'm not sure what it is. It's so. I'm going to poke your hole in their bracket for, for that one particular matchup because you have the Lakers going so far. I just don't know if I trust the Lakers to beat Philly on the road against Embiid. That's my that's my only hole that I poke in. Just one more Laker fan. I'm going to get back on the train of Lakerdom, just like we got Savage too. Yeah, we're going to have to get we're going to get them uh, back. Over. I, I talked to Savage yesterday. He uh, the Lakers lost the other night. He like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no sir. Yeah, that was ugly. That hurt. That hurt. That's because they had no business, you know, sitting AD against the Rockets. Like, come on now, bro. Hey. <laughs> like, and then the Mavericks fighting for a playoff spot. Like, don't why are you trust AD against the Rockets. Rockets. Don't don't trust Darvin Ham. <laughs> there, there you go. Come on, too. That was ugly, man. That hurt, man. I'm gonna get y'all back on the Lakers bandwagon. I don't know what Brian did to y'all, but he did something. We're gonna figure that out. Um, so we're gonna start up at the top right. <laughs> um, Boston, Minnesota. Of course, Boston got a roll there. Uh, then we got Phoenix and New York for everything you just said about you know Phoenix and New York City. Um, even though I think we talk about the Phoenix Suns when Kevin Durant was playing, you saw a lot of bro, I just want to win the basketball game. And that's kind of that's that's gonna be the method of my you know bracketology. But like they were playing great, they went undefeated even though it was like three four games. Still eight and a half. I remember one game had like six points for like fourteen rebounds, something like that. So he's trash. But if you add Kevin Durant and add that mentality, hey, we gonna win. Watch out for the Suns. Uh, so speaking of that, the finish that out, Boston and Phoenix. For everything I just said, I got Phoenix. I do have Phoenix. So yes, even though and I hope that that's a potential NBA Finals matchup. So taking notes if you want to. So yes, that's one side, uh, like top right, bottom right. Uh, we got Denver, Miami. Sorry, she got to go with uh, Denver. Got to put the boat polo on a little bit sooner than you probably like, but you know it is what it is. Um, got Sacramento and the Clippers. The Clippers defense, like y'all been saying, is it won't be able to match up with Sacramento. And I think honestly, in real life, any team that's not named the Lakers. Sacramento could be in the real playoffs for real. So we're going to get some Clippers. We're talking about the Clippers. Sacramento at home. I'm going Sacramento. So we got Denver and Sacramento. <sighs> Denver's at home. Denver's at home. And in Jokic, who should be a three-time MVP, even though NBA been doing this thing, I got to roll with the possible three-time MVP in Denver. So, again, on the right side, Phoenix and Denver. Let's start with the top left. Let's see, let's see, let's see. We got Milwaukee and Chicago. Shouldn't be even talk about that. Milwaukee. Uh Cleveland and uh, Cleveland and LA. This is under the assumption that LeBron James is playing. Um, and he's gonna win that one game, especially in Cleveland. <laughs> That'll be funny. So you gotta win it in Cleveland and give out that Cleveland, this for you, all right. It's for you, all right. Um, 
<laughs> we got, let me see, bottom left. This is when things get interesting for me. I got Philadelphia and Dallas. Y'all know how I feel about one side is when I'm going to win this game. And the other side is I'm going to find a way to blow this game. I'm going to roll with the people that's going to win this one and Luke and, and, and Kyrie. So give me Dallas for that one. And last but not least, I have to think hard about this one. Is Memphis and Golden State. Under the assumption that John Morant is coming back, and we pretty much know that Andrew Wiggins is not coming back. Andrew Wiggins was key to winning against Memphis last year because he was averaging 10 points and damn near 10 rebounds a game. He was guarding Ja. He was guarding everybody on the perimeter. He won't be playing. Kavon Looney is not looking as good as he was. Chemistry issues, eh. And you talk about one game with Memphis at home. Yeah, give me the Grizz. So, yeah, give me the Grizz. And, of course, Dallas versus Grizz. I think that it comes to a point where you just get tired of losing. And I can say that with Memphis and Golden State. You just get tired of losing. That's what we saw the last time the Memphis and the Warriors played last night and the time before. You just get tired of losing. Hopefully you keep that same energy against Luka and now. Hopefully, I know it's a it's rare, but you talking one game and Memphis still at home. Give me, give me the Grizzlies. I'm gonna do it. I know I've been tough on the Grizzlies on this pod as far as like you know rotation everything. I you talk about one game and we're at home and you get John Morant back to this team who's playing. Damn it, win win the game basketball. I like it. So give me the Grizz again. So my top my my four are Milwaukee, Memphis. Phoenix and da, 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 Denver. Okay. So I'm going to ignore the obvious and ignore you pretty much having Phoenix going as far as they did because that's not shocking, you know. I mean, you don't even got faith in your own teammate in the playoffs. So who's hey, 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 hey. You're bringing up irrelevant information right now, brother. That is right now, that is irrelevant. That does not need to be talked about. So I'm going mm-hmm. to ignore you putting Phoenix that far in this bracket. Um, my first question is to you, Took. Second question is to everybody because I kind of noticed the uh, I noticed this about everybody's bracket. So, question to you, Took. Well, I think one thing to look out for is much as much love as we're giving Sacramento. One thing that I have also noticed about Sacramento is Sacramento is not that good defensively either. So, where I think what makes them good is they can make shots and they can make shots in volume. But again, what I've also noticed about Sacramento is, well, again, one, they're still young and they're still yet to be proven, but they don't play defense as well as you would probably like them to for us to be showing them a little bit more love throughout these brackets than I think that we should. So there's that. My question to all of y'all, and I guess I can start with Took, it's what's the reason y'all don't trust Denver? A lot of y'all didn't have Denver making it that far. Most of y'all, I believe, had Denver losing first round. So is it you don't trust Denver because? I got Denver my four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got that's Denver for, that's for yeah, Sheedy and Trevor. Sheedy and Trevor being took at Denver in the final four. Gotcha. Okay, my bad. But is it, and I, I guess maybe I can still answer this, but like, what's the reason y'all don't probably still have that have, you don't have that much trust in Denver? Is it because of what you've seen in past years with Denver in the postseason? Or is it strictly just because it's a matchup thing? It's a one-game scenario, and you just don't know if you'll have the help of the rest of the team and Jokic? Or because, again, I think in one of y'all's bracket, you had Jokic going against Golden State, and you didn't trust uh, – there you go. There was you, Shidi. You didn't trust Jokic to – against Jordan. Gotcha. So, so what's the reason, y'all? Again, I, it, so it sounds like it was on the two, yeah. It sounds like majority of y'all, um, but what's the reason? I guess Trevor and Sheedy, you don't trust them. Uh, well, it's a, it's a combination of both. Um, it's what they've shown previously in uh, postseasons, and I had the matching up with the Lakers, and I watched the San Antonio Spurs just eat on the inside like it was thanksgiving on the inside for the san antonio spurs a team that is clearly tanking who's been one of the worst offensive teams in the league and i've watched 
Denver just give up basket after basket after basket after basket on the inside. So if I'm seeing that and they're matching up with a Lakers team with a healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis, in the words of Shaq, that's barbecue chicken. I And I don't think as well as Jokic has been, I don't think he's going to be enough to, to, to just uh, withstand it. Like, he's going to have to start protecting the rim at some point. And I just don't think he's not going to stop Anthony Davis and LeBron James from getting to the paint. So um, it, it's, it's a combination of what I've seen previously, seen previously with them in the postseason, plus what I've seen from them recently in this in this side. Because I think they're one in five in their last six, with the only win coming against the Pistons, who are completely tanking right now. So that that was my reasoning for not for not trusting Denver. Fair. And I think with, with real quick is that the fact that Jokic is a system player. So if you stop Jokic, you got and it's a matchup. This the, the going against Jokic, it's it's an issue. You know what I'm saying? AD stopping Jokic. So who else gonna step up? You know what I'm saying? I think it's just a matchup thing per se for 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 for, for the Nuggets. Yeah, and right before she to go, same because I mean I had the Nuggets against Minnesota, right? <laughs> they gonna be Minnesota, and uh, I trust them. Last, of course, they struggled the last couple of years, but last time Jamal Murray played in playoff in playoffs with them. They went to the Western Conference Finals, and Jamal Murray in postseason play is a different dude. So, but like I said, matchups. I had them against Minnesota. So, hey. that is true. But that was the bubble, right? Let's hope that's not the case. Was, no. We know but the bubble the year, was an alternate universe. But the year before that, he took out. He was he he outplayed Damian Litter in the second round. C.J. McCollum. That's true. Came, nobody yeah, that, 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 that's true. I, I give him that, but. Who won that series? The Portland Trailblazers. That was because of CJ McCollum. So that's just, I agree. I agree. For me, um, it was definitely about matchups. Um, playing against Golden State again, I watched that series um, last last year, and I could just see how frustrated Joker was with Draymond defending him. I mean, not ninety four feet, but pretty much I'd be crass half court. Draymond is guarding him, and I trust the four Warriors with the against the four Nuggets the entire rest of the game. Because if Draymond can take the MVP out the game, then I completely think that Denver loses that that game. And I will say this right now: if the season were to end right now, who Denver would play? You know, the loser of Golden State, Oklahoma City, or the winner of Minnesota, Utah. To Cap's point. Denver's going to win their first round series. It's the second round series that they're going to have a problem with because they're going to have to see Phoenix. And that's not who they want to see. Um, and then, then they will be excused again from the playoffs. So I'll say oh, that. Oh. In, uh-huh. Yeah, you telling me Lakers are not even in play in right now? That is nah, true. No, they're 11th. They're 11th right now after which, this losing which, streak. Which is not the play in, huh? <laughs> That's oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, man, they have game back. They'll be back tomorrow. Come on, stop. <laughs> I know, man. I'm playing. I know. to So that was the Nuggets part. The part about the Kings is I agree about them. What they have offensively, firepower is one of the best in the league. I feel like they're maybe top two or three offensively in the league at this point right now what made the warriors great was the defense that mike brown facilitated in the postseason for them and that is why i'm so high on the kings because you're right you haven't seen a lot of defense from them at all for some other odd reason david mitchell is not getting the time he needs to, to get to shut somebody down and i really believe in him as an on-ball guard to play better defense when necessary but when you got malik monk De'Aaron fox cuter Sabonis, uh, Harrison Barnes, that lineup, that's their five realistically that they they play and close with. And it's a lot of offense. And to your point, not too much defense, but I feel like Mike Brown will figure a way to get this under control for whether it's a one game or for the series themselves uh, when it comes down to actual playoffs. So that, that's my response in regards to Denver in regards to why we need to see, ladies and gentlemen, light the beam, for Sacramento. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, took, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think you said almost the exact thing, which this is no knock against Jokic, but I think he's a system player. And when you talk about or if you listen to people talk about, like, how do you defend Jokic, it's never just really talking about, like, trying to minimize his points. He's going to get his points. It's the assist that you have to worry about. So to your point, too, like, I think you have to – you're going to say, you know, if, if you don't have the likes of a Draymond Green or Anthony Davis, you can say, okay, cool, bet, check. Jokic is going to get his. Can I stop Murray or can I limit Murray or can I limit the assist that Jokic is getting? Because when, when he gets – 10, 11, 12 assists a game or in that game, statistically proven he's winning. So I think you just got to you gotta find a way to minimize that. So I think all your breakers were really, really good. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And that does it, man. Right, great. Next week we choose our final four picks. It was really fun game to play, especially going on with Marsh Madness. So, yep. hey, shout right. out. Ain't, shout ain't out. bad for somebody to skip class, Duke. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Of course, as always, remember to follow us on Twitter at the starting five, number five, MEM. Follow Plus City Media at Plus City underscore media on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And subscribe to Plus City Media on YouTube. Also, check out the articles, including mine, at bluscitymedia.co. And sign up to be an insider with a coupon code starting five, the number five, for 10% off of the yearly subscription. And as always, follow me on Twitter at the one D A O N E underscore P Shark. I'm at who was in who in the hell is control of this weather machine because this ain't it is not working. I'm at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. Yeah, we are in the age of the grindson, at least for the month of March. I'm at the art of Trevor. You know of is a preposition. And I know Dylan Brooks ain't staying with the Grizzlies. It's really shitty. Passing to the big fella. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> And Tab Shakira, hey man, appreciate y'all uh, listening to us. Next week, we'll see if Trevor's still on the island or not because he changed. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. Is that oh, my, my bags are fully unpacked now. You got frequent flyer mouth from that what, that particular destination right there. Hey, one frontier doing like a 500, pay 500, you fly anywhere for the rest of the song, but that's what you got. You got that plan, huh? Smart. Smart. Hey, go ahead. Hey. Well, I see you. Hey, do what you got to do. It's the next time, though. Go Grease. Go Grease.